Hi, my name is Gordon and some amazing people and I started a church. Through many years of prayer and waiting, we feel God is calling us to empower people to make disciples in every neighborhood. This is our story. Hey everyone, thanks for clicking on this podcast. It is day 29 of starting this church and we are so happy that you are interested and in joining us on this journey by listening to this podcast and just seeing what's going on, whether you're a friend of ours or just someone who's learning about the church, or maybe you have learned some things just along the way for your own church, whatever it is, we're just so excited that you clicked on this and that you're jumping in with the journey. And so like most podcasts, I want to give a recap of what we did this morning, and then also talk about loving your neighbor, because that's part of the process and part of the vision for our church. And so this morning, again, it's day 29, and my wife has been sick for the past couple days, and it's been hard, but she's got a cold and she's starting to get over it. But we didn't go to church. We didn't go to the me, he at home. And, but one of the fun things about what we do is we try to call in video conferencing when we, when we miss. And this week was my, lead, my week to lead worship, um, lead the praise, lead the singing. And um, so I did that again through video. But before that, Kara, um, who hosts... Kara, who's um, Ryan and Kara, who host the, uh, the the house church that we're at right now, um, suggested that we do BYOB, bring your own breakfast. And so they got to do that. They got to bring their own breakfast. And and um, I'm sure that was a lot of fun and great conversation. But what a great idea where, you know, sometimes it's hard to cook every week if you host a life group or a small group or a house church and or provide snacks or food or dinner, you know, and you get to rotate it. Um, but also just everybody just do a big lo- like potluck or bring your own thing and, and just join in. I think that's that's really fun sometimes and changes it up. And so after that, I got to jump in with leading some worship and uh, leading some songs through there. And what was fun about it is Kara decided to play as well because she leads worship in our house church as well. And Kara um, got to play as I played, and I think it worked out pretty well. I wasn't there, obviously, but it was nice that, that they could have a live guitar for the rest of the families in the house church while... Um, while I just sang kind of through the through the TV. So that was fun. And then also Ryan um, led Romans 4 on faith, um, having faith and connecting with, through God by having faith in, in God and Jesus in that way and not by doing anything, not by works that we have, um, that are, we are made righteous through God, but by faith through Jesus. And so we talked about that and, and went over the faith of Abraham had that Abraham had the unyielding faith and and talked about that too and which led to a conversation about how we have faith um, in every day and what uh, what are we fearful of and talking to people about Jesus and is and is God part of that and um, if we remove God from the situation are we just going to try to do it on our own works to lead people to Christ and what does that look like. Um, and how we often fail, uh, or we just don't do anything at all because we're scared. But in that process, it talked about loving your neighbors, which is what I want to get to right now, and kind of the strategy and vision, or the vision of reaching people to Christ through the strategy of loving your neighbors tangibly, and a little bit of what we've learned from through this cohort that Ryan and I have been a part of for, I've been a part of it from like a year and a half, and Ryan's been a part of it for uh, two to two and a half years. And so it's been really encouraging because we were part of ESA, a local nonprofit here in Fresno, and they host this group called Loving Your Neighbor. And I think it either initiated or um, was was strongly supported by a guy named Lynn Corey, who lives in Southern California, who has written a couple books, and it's this idea called the Neighborhood Initiative. The Neighborhood Initiative. So if you if you Google search the Neighborhood Initiative by Lynn Corey, his book will pop up. I encourage you to buy it. 
um, and say hi <laughs> to him because he's a great guy. and He's become a dear friend of Ryan and I's. And we've just been going through the book. We've read both of his books, and he's got a third one coming out, or it might be out already. And it's just this idea of what it looks like to love your neighbor. God uh, gave us commandments, and Jesus was able to boil down all the commandments into two. Love your Lord, your God, with all your heart, mind, strength, and soul. Um, and then love your neighbor, and he says, equally love your neighbor as thyself. And often we, we just forget that part. We, we may love them in our heart, or we feel like we love them in our heart, but that's not exactly what I think Jesus was saying. I think he wants us to go an extra distance about that unconditional love about God. And so we talk about that, and it's hard. It's hard to do that. It's hard to love your neighbor, but you have to be intentional about it and have accountability, accountability with some people. And so that's what we've been trying to do. That's what we've been trying to do with, with, our, with our church and with our families and, and talk about how we're going to love our neighbors. How, how are we going to share the hope of Jesus with them? And how can we just be friends with them, simply build relationships, whether they love Jesus or not? It's just about making also this world just better, right? Um, because you can't go wrong with the love of God. I mean, if God created love, then it's the ultimate unconditional love um, to share with others. That's wonderful. And so going back to Lynn Corey and our cohort group and Loving Your Neighbor Initiative, and so there's this idea. It says, um, who do you know that may be close to you but's far from God? And so you think about the different areas of your life, where you live, your neighborhood, where you work, where you learn or go to school, and then where you play. And obviously where you live, it's, a na- it's your neighborhood. And, and you moved in that house because you had a standard of living that you wanted to do at this time of your life. And others around you have that same shared experience. And so there's already commonalities with people in your neighborhood that, that you can talk to about and build relationships over, whether it be uh, malfunctioning sprinklers or just the grocery store down the street or a neighborhood block party that you get to join in. There's people that live that you live in your neighborhood every day, and there's people that you work with every day. Obviously, you go to work, you see the same people every day. Same thing with school; you'll often see the same teachers and the same students and classmates around. And then, and then play. And play could be like, you know, you're a parent and you go to a soccer game with your kids, and there's other parents there, or maybe you play in a in a soccer league um, by yourself with other teammates. Whatever it is that there's opportunities for you to do as hobbies or or playtime, I guess um, you're gonna have you're gonna be involved in other people, and so it's this idea that whoever is your neighbor is on your right or your left, and we get that we get that that there's people all the time in our life that don't know Jesus on our right and our left in these environments. But the thing about it is, a lot of people are trying to remove Jesus from these places. Whether you live in your neighborhood, they just don't want to hear it, or maybe they're going through something rough and the devil is just winning uh, through depression and divorce. And then in work, some workplaces are a lot more strict than others, and I think even there might be elements that um, overall government and states are trying to pull God out of the system and and not have him like spoken about in, in different areas. And then also in school, the same thing, pulling God, God out of schools. And then also where you play, it might not be a, a single focus there, but the idea that is God is is not being invited into these places willingly um, or generally, it's up to us with the people around us to reach out to them, to provide uh, that opportunity or to make that opportunity to show the hope of Jesus. And so that's part of the strategy is those four places where you live, where you work, where you learn, and where you play— who, who is far from God that we can start praying about? 
that we can start uh, teaching people about Jesus. And so once we figure out who in our lives we're close to in those different areas, the other part of the strategy is, okay, what are the things we need to consider when wanting to share the gospel? Well, the number one thing is pray. We pray for their physical needs, their spiritual needs, concerns, health. Even if you meet these people and talk to them more in depth, write down, you know, shoot, your neighbor's names. If you don't know your, na- your neighbor's names, uh, that's okay, but start there. Get to know them in that way. Write down, you know, some of their prayer needs. Um, and then after you figure out who these people are more and you begin praying for these people at work and school and play and your neighbor's, Wait and watch. See what's happening in, in, in life and see what God is already doing with these people that you've contacted with. Wait for him. Wait for his invitation to see what he's doing. And wait, but anticipate. Be ready to act. And we talk about this um, in our cohort where sometimes we don't know what to do. Um, but oftentimes we get so far where we don't know what to do with what we forget and we ignore because we're so focused on ourselves. But be patient. Wait and watch. Keep praying. Ask God for opportunities. I don't think God's going to not give you opportunities if you're praying about giving, making opportunities to share Jesus with another coworker. Um, he wants that to happen every day. And so pray, wait, and watch for opportunities. And then when that happens, when you're anticipating and you're ready to act, join. Join God. Join the Father as he invites you to do his work where you live, where you play, where you learn, and where you live. God's going to move your heart in that process. God's going to move you to action. He's going to be moving in their heart as well. And so I just want to encourage you, there's nothing to lose there because really people are moving toward Jesus. They're trying to find hope. They're trying to find purpose. They're trying to find value in life. Or people are moving away from Jesus. And even at times Jesus shared about the gospel and about him coming to different people, even the Pharisees. But people rejected him and also accepted him. And there's not there's there's a fear, I think. We talked about this, and I bring it up because we talked about it also in our in our study this morning. There's a fear where if we share, um, we're gonna fail. And it's not up to us to play God. The sick can't heal the sick. God said that um, those who know they're sick need a doctor. Those who don't think they're sick, think they're well, don't want a doctor. Just like in real life. They don't want to go see the doctor, they don't want to say anything is wrong, they don't want to say that they're sinful creatures who need a doctor. And so that's why we have to pray. We wait and watch, see what's happening and join. And and so uh, Lynn Corey um, talks about this strategy and he talks about how it's been really successful for him as far as just like a process, not necessarily always leading people to Christ, um, although that's happened many times, but just as far as a process, because the opposite sometimes is we want to rush into things or we want to... you know, burn or turn kind of stuff. And um, it just kind of unravels weird. And maybe God's not a part of that because we're trying to do it on our own power, on our own works, which again, I bring it back to the study we talked about this morning on our own works. And so um, so I just want to encourage you guys to be patient with that. And sometimes it'll happen fast and sometimes it won't. And so uh, the last thing I want to talk about with this neighbor thing is just the times to meet neighbors. 
There's going to be times where you pull in your driveway and you pull in your garage and shut it and you go in and you have dinner. I get that. We're not going to be able to talk to our neighbors every day. But if, if we look for making opportunities consistently and we get more used to going out to our front yard and maybe we buy a lawn chair and just kind of sit and hang out and wave to people as they walk by, just making connections, friendly connections, the more opportunities we'll have to talk to them and the more opportunities we'll be able to make relationships. And so some of those opportunities right now in this season are coming up. So Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas. Halloween is the only holiday, I think it's the only holiday, where people actually come to your house. Granted, they're asking for candy, but it's an opportunity to at least make a relationship, to say, hi, what's your name? Where do you live in this neighborhood? And, and build that relationship as you get to know your neighbors. Specifically, obviously, we're talking about where you live. And then also with Thanksgiving, it's an opportunity to invite people who you work or play or go to school or even your neighbors who might not have an opportunity uh, to have family time on Thanksgiving to, to invite them over to your house and to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to love you. I'm going to bless you in this way with, with just feeling like you're part of something. Maybe don't say it like that, but like I want, I want you to, to, to join us on Thanksgiving because it's going to be amazing. I don't want you to be alone. Like You should be with people, and, and we want to we wanna care about you in that way. And the same thing, Christmas. Obviously, it's a time of giving. It's, an op- it's a great time, um, not as creepy time to go door to door and to give gifts, like cookies or, or small gifts if you've made relationships with people and just say, hey, I know you're talking about this and and I just wanted to buy this because I thought of you the other day in the store, and I just thought, you know, this would be really fun for you. And and you can do that, and it's a lot easier. And so we're in the season of October, November, December, doing these things. If you go to the Neighborhood Initiative website, again, with Lynn Corey, he's got a pamphlet on just a bunch of ideas during these three seasons, these three holidays, to more engage with neighbors. But I just wanted to encourage you guys out there who are leading churches and who are leading small groups and life groups to get outward and to get to know your neighbors in that way um, and, and love the people on your right and your left, um, especially in your neighborhood. And so that's a lot of what we talk about, and that's part of our vision. And so we want to empower people to do that. We talk about it, and I want to empower you as you're listening to this podcast, all right? So have a great night, everyone, a great day. I'm recording this at night. Have a great day. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you next time. This is the part where we would tell you to go to our website to learn more information about what we're doing. But since we're a new church, we don't even have a website yet. So just thanks for listening to this podcast and hope you check out the next one.